amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change. We still keep it together. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline. Character by character. As we break down the making of your favorite zip code. With your host. Charles Rose. Did I say that? Yeah. Harry Mullen. There's this heinous thing about the, the, the real person. And we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. Well, here we are back again on uh, the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Chuck, I think this is almost episode 130 of this podcast. Oh, so we've been, that's about, that's my real age. So we're getting very close <laughs> to, you know, oh. that. Uh, 130. Isn't that Well, I had the experience last night. I, 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 I share this with you and our and our fans. It, it, this, we're recording this uh, the day after Halloween. That's right. And I uh, went out with my granddaughter and grandson in a nice, nice area in L.A., Rancho Park, uh, kind of a southwest Los Angeles. And um, a lot of families, a lot of kids. And, and, and went out with another couple with, with young kids, same age group that my daughter and son-in-law are friends with. And the guy is kind of, he's a lawyer, he's buttoned up, we're not mm-hmm. talking much. And then we start to talk because the kids are running to the houses. And, of course, he's from Wilmington, North Carolina. And, of course, he's a huge fan. So right. uh, I asked you today, like, could you make me a couple of these? He's a big, big music guy, and he's an entertainment litigator. So Amazing. I said, well, why don't you take this case on pro bono? <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah. you know. And, uh, the music anyway. situated. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to uh, we, send him the Rolling Stone show and the a couple other ones, but uh, you know, it's still out there. And uh, and he's a 37 year old man, and and acknowledged that he was younger than many of the fans because he had older brothers who watched the show. Right. It's an, it's it's so interesting because this this podcast. Every time me and you are like, well, this was fun, you know, something new tra- happens, and now people are reinterested in the podcast. The stuff that we've been doing with Diane Young is is going really well man people are really interested in hearing the casting process what do you think the reason is for that do you have any thoughts on that well i i think first of all well i think casting is kind of mysterious mm-hmm. you know, why, why this one over this one or how did this come about and especially if you have you know build a relationship with a an actor who's playing a character you know to first of all to pierce the veil off of that actor is fun but also how it started, just you know how we got there, and uh, and you know we're 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 nothing if we're not candid, 
So, uh, you know, we open up our, our stories and, and share. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, we, we, we lined up with Diane Young and that she does that. Uh, today we're talking season five, right, Pete? That's right. And we have a special surprise for her, Alan Toy, who, of course, was Professor Finley. He's going to join the, the podcast today. And the big topic of this was uh, Valerie Shannon leaving. We jumped into some of that to get to get Diane's perspective of all of that. From what I remember, I mean, there's a lot of newbies in season five, too. A lot of guest stars and whatnot. So Jamie Walters, Jamie Walters. We talked a little bit about in this. Um, it's definitely a loaded episode. Lots of fun stuff. Um, what did you what do you what do you think about this? Well, you know, season five, uh, he uh, well, another thing. Yes. When <laughs> I think about it, when I think season five, this is my, my process is working this morning. Oh, season five. Oh. What did the guy I was walking with last night, the defense attorney, what did he have to say about season five? That first scene with Valerie and Dylan was steamy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, sir, it was. And and certainly uh, season five was was the most adult of our episodes. It was of, of the seasons I did. And yes. it, it, we, we were able to do some social drama in it, you know, less than 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 obviously the high school seasons. But yes. more than what happened um, subsequently. It's so, interesting too. Last week, uh, for the fans that saw last week, we did season six, and uh, Diane admitted that it was different after you left. That it was a different world and universe that she had to, you know, she didn't have you to go to and whatnot. She admitted that that was a a transition for her. Look, look. It, the the truth is. This is no knock on anyone else, but you know, uh, all these shows need glue. And yeah. I, I cared a lot because I, I saw every episode as a reflection of me. Sure. Every episode, my name was there at the end of it. So I better stand by what's there. And, you know, and I think I've said this early on relative to <laughs> season one in our first conversations with the writing staff. I just said my here's my my baseline here. Right. Please don't embarrass me. Please let's not embarrass each other. Right, let's exactly. Job, you know, because we didn't know what we would be doing. It could be, you know, a silly it, spelling shows had a reputation and we we need we want and and fortunately Mr. Spelling knew that his future at that moment required the bar to be lifted. Sure. And he let and and we did and he let us and and participated in major ways to make that happen. Uh, really interesting stuff. All right, well, let's just dive right into this. Let's right, man. play this. And uh, and we still, just to let fans know, we still have season two to cover. We still have a season three to cover. And we still have season seven to cover. So those are all coming up in the next few weeks. And we're really excited about, about those, especially season three. I think it's going to be some interesting stuff there for sure. I agree. All right, have we will... See everybody next week, and now here is the episode. Thanks, Pete. Okay, so here we are, returning champion Diane Young. Hey! <laughs> um, we are now diving into season five, and right off the bat, we're going to bring in a special guest to say hello to you. It's always about special guests here at the uh, Beverly Hills 90210 show. Let's okay. see how this works out. Hi, guys. Oh, Alan, Alan Toy, Alan Professor Finley. Uh, how are Hello. you? 
I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing. Oh shoot! I just lost you. Am I still on? Oh, oh here we are. You're good. Yes, you're good. Yes. You're there. I got it back. Sorry about that. <laughs> I am very well. Thank you so much. I, would... I don't look like you've aged today. Oh, you are. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Nor have you. Right. Okay. It's. <laughs> I don't. I think everybody looks the same. It's I true. We kind of we get acclimated to that, and so it's like, uh, yeah. Um, I, I see people I haven't seen in 20 years and they look just the same to me. Yes. <laughs> um, Alan, I don't know that if we talked to you since, but you did Annie on NBC, or I think it was NBC. It was so wonderful, man. You did such a great job in that. I don't Loved it. Yep. Loved your part. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was hoping to try to get an audition for the one that's coming to the Pantages in a month or so, but I guess my agents haven't found anything about it. And so maybe it's precast. I don't know what's going on with that. Could be. Um, okay, Diane and Alan. Alan, of course, came in to play Professor Finley. Diane, I'm sure you brought Alan in. Yes, I do believe so. Yes. What What do you remember about bringing Alan in, if anything? <laughs> Sometimes this is a, this is like going back a few years ago, right? Yes, it is. Always <laughs> my memory. Um, I just remember liking him, and he added a lot, an awful lot to. The role and what we were looking for and i thought oh this is good this is very good and i was very happy when everybody agreed with me alan we've talked to you before but this is casting what do you remember about casting for 90210 well i was friends with paul wagner for years before this and um, paul was really also very active in trying to find better roles and opportunities for actors with disabilities and so at the Media Access Awards, the year we made this, um, which was a few months before, he, he came to me and said, Alan, I know you've been really active in trying to find improved portrayals of people with disabilities. Um, and uh, we've got a part coming up that's not necessarily a very nice guy. And <laughs> you've, you've played a few really nice people, but very rarely have you... Um, because of trying to break the stereotype of the embittered cripple kind of deal. Have you ever played someone like this? And how would you feel about that if we brought you in? And I said, oh my God, Paul, I'm so up to here with playing those treacly, they went that away kind of roles. And so, yeah, something I can chew on and bite my teeth into would be awesome. So he brought me in. And I, as I recall, Jason, well, Jason did not my, my recollection, Jason, directed the first episode of the Finley series. Um, and he was friends with a Canadian actor, Jim Byrne, who I also knew oh. I liked a lot. And uh, Jason was really arguing for Jim. And I think Paul was arguing for me. And I don't know where the rest of you all fit in, but I'm very happy oh. that I, I got I, selected. You know, I, love oh, I, I, I know Jim, uh, but when he had legs, Jim lost his legs uh, on a roadside accident. Right. Uh, he was a musician at a group called God and I in Canada. That's interesting. I'd never heard that story. I, I probably would have championed Jim because Jim also was in uh, was <laughs> in Wise Guy. He was in the in the in the uh, Cannell series Wise Guy before this, I believe. Right. 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 Played like the you know what's become a, a role in all shows now. The technical guy kind of watches the computer screen. Right. Right. I love unraveling casting situations here on this podcast. Diane, do you recall that Jason was was pushing for Jim? I don't. I don't at all. 
But right. I, I do remember Paul just saying, Alan's the guy and, and really being in your corner. And and, yes. and then we saw you and the possibilities. And, and it was just kind of a turn on the politically correct thing in a lot of ways. And you went with it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was really a, a brave of us in a lot of ways and brave of you to kind of play a really, a, ultimately, a, a, you know, a pretty nefarious character. And also, well, we, we had just... Um, we had just had a media access award rescinded from us uh, in Chicago. I think it was in, I think it was media access. Maybe it was in season four, uh, which we've already discussed. We had an episode where uh, we had a woman blind. Uh, David Silver gets uh, a very big crush on his blind piano teacher. Um, and, uh, and we, it was a terrific, terrifically written. It was beautifully executed. We won an award. And then they found out that the pianist was had sight. He took the award away from us. So I think Paul, you know, knew, hey, this is a good part. We maybe get something for this too. Let's let's try to find real people with disabilities to play the the, um, the parts in the way that it should be. But I, I, you know, and so I think that was also a backstory part of it. I think we won. And also, I, we won that year. The next year, we won the award. I think because I remember. Well, sure, but you know, Paul had the fix in. You know, <laughs> but I don't. Um, I don't think that I was involved with the media access office, and I don't think this won. I was kind of disappointed because I thought it, it oh, should have. But yeah, Baywatch won. Baywatch. Baywatch won. I think. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, Baywatch. <laughs> I remember the. I remember. The, I remember the. There's a speech. show, everybody. Yeah. Um, well, in any case. It, they, I think people weren't ready at the time for, you know, a variety of portrayals. They, they were actually, you know, in the community, the disability community, looking for things that were more positive because we'd had <laughs> just so many years of slews of, of roles in which people were, you know, just nasty people. And the, and the disability was always an attribute to that. And um, so, you know. But anyway, not um, here, Alan. Not, not here. We drew. We never drew attention to it. You, it, it. We, you and I, and, and Larry and Pete have talked about how wonderfully you did actually. I think use the, uh, you know, your disability as a weapon, especially with the wheelchair, and how you used it for very dramatic effect, moving from one place of in in the sets to the other. But we never drew attention to any kind of connection between it, right. at least script-wise. Right, right. Um, no, that's that's actually true. And um, so it was just, it was, it just happened to be, it wasn't a causality or anything like that in the plot, um, which was great. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, the, pre people paint these things with a broad brush. So um, it was, it was actually something I thoroughly enjoyed playing because I was trying to actually a, a character who was the cult leader also um, and the, grind his teeth and gnash and you know be like a really obviously evil person and I was just trying to be a sincerely um, empathic you know professor who only one of the best for my students. Of course, that evolved a bit as the plot did as well. But, um, you know, when I 
came out of that meeting where the faculty supposedly hired me. I mean, my only inclination was, you know, uh, to, I wanted to cry, not because of me, but because of all these young people in front of me. And, you know, all I wanted was hugs and, and to give hugs back. And so my motivation there was um, not to approach this as somebody who would ultimately be a real scumbag, but try to be as, as uh, empathic as possible up until the point where it's like, okay, obvious that he's a manipulative son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, do you remember the Jim and Alan, J Jason wanting Jim and all that stuff? No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm trying to help. I think help. Paul Paul would have choked it off. He did. In fact, um, he told me he did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Paul, Paul was one of my dearest, closest. I loved that man so much. Um, and uh, so... You know, there there was a, a long time we'd go over to his house for parties and vice versa. And we, you know, Paul was just such a great, great guy that he told me, um, yeah, you know, sidebar, Jason really, really wanted Jim. I said, oh, well, that doesn't surprise me in the least. They're both Canadian and Jim's a talented actor. I actually think Jim, I wouldn't have cast Jim, frankly, myself, uh, because I just didn't think he was the type for this. He was, he's yeah. kind of a bear of a guy, you know? Yeah. And and so maybe physically he could have been menacing, but I thought that really, this guy ha had to be mentally intimidating and menacing and, and like he really had to come from here with his evilness, not necessarily be a big, you know, uh, guy like Jim is. And so there are many, that I've lost to Jim over the years, even recently. And I don't, you know, blame them at all. I think they cast well, but in this case, I think I got, I was the better candidate. Definitely. Absolutely. Are you still, uh, are you still out, uh, you know, auditioning a lot, Alan? I don't think the word a lot necessarily uh, describes my condition. You know, I do have an active agent and they are sending me out occasionally. Um, and, you know, uh, I would like to be auditioning more and surely I'd like to work. It's not something that I need to do right now. Um, for a, a long period of time, when I went back to, to get a master's degree in urban planning, where I thought, okay, I really, I've got a son now, I've got to have a steady income, I need to do something else. Um, so I stepped away from it for about 20 years, but even during that period, I was occasionally auditioning, but it would always come like, okay, you have an audition uh, at Tuesday at four o'clock. And I'm going, oh, great. I have for six months now tried to set up a meeting with the um, chief of staff of the mayor over something important. And that's Tuesday at four o'clock. Thank you very much. I'll have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also, even even to this day, never fails. Buy a non-refundable ticket out of town, airline, whatever. You can get an audition. <laughs> Alan, it's always good seeing you. We have a whole bunch of season five to talk about here. Uh, I hope it was nice to see Diane and and, and it Mike. is. Diane. Thank you. Are you still doing stuff, Diane, or are you, what are you up to? No, I left actually quite a while ago and went to grad school, and I'm living Good in, for you, girl. in central Washington now. What did you study in grad country. school? What did you study? I studied textiles. Good for you. Totally yes. different. 
but I love that. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's super. Well, I wish I had known. I was just up in Central Washington not oh. that long ago doing it. Yeah, so next time I'm up there, I'm going to look you up. Actually, please do. That would be terrific. I'd love to see okay. you. Amazing. All right. Thank, Thank you, guys. Bye-bye, Alan. Yep. Bye, everyone. All right, so Alan Toy. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, at the start of season five, let's Chuck, I always love when you tell us about the five different TV shows that you were running. Uh, this is the fifth version of the <laughs> of the series. Um, tell me about what what the lay of the land is for season five. Explosive. Well, we would change it changed it up again, and uh, our our you know. But if the core, the core of the 902 and 0 was no longer there, you know, Brenda Walsh uh, was, was, uh, we, we had, she was in London, it, that she was in London, uh, for the Royal Academy of Theater. And we now had been on enough times and we were no longer a high school show that I was not resistant to having a quote unquote bad girl, which I had been for all the network efforts to try to get the teenage escorts and, and things like that, which I wasn't interested in. But uh, at this point, I thought, yeah, the show is going to continue to get more serialized. We're really going to be focusing a lot on what's going on with Dylan McKay and the loss of his money. And, and we, we did one of the things that was so wonderful about season four is we left everything, so many things up as cliffhangers and changing relationships in this that we actually started the first script that Larry and I wrote together, which was what, what I did on my summer vacation. So we could bring every, all of those storylines and all of where they were today, mostly up to speed. And in that mix also was that someone is going to be moving into Brenda's room. And that was kind of, that's the setup heading into as yeah. So, Diane, let's talk about a couple of things. Shannon Doherty leaving the show. Does that affect you in any way? Yes. Okay, let's because talk about how. I have uh, someone to come in. You're going to find someone to yes. for the new character. But yes. the Shannon herself, that doesn't, I mean, at that point, you and Shannon are not really, what would you there would be no working relationship together other than you were, she's already been cast, right? So. Exactly, yes. I would see her on the set occasionally, but really had no relationship with her at all. So were you shocked to learn that Shannon was leaving the show or was that your knowledge of what was going on and the gossip that might've been happening on set? Did you have an idea that that was going to happen? I thought it might be a possibility but I did not know for sure. <laughs> doesn't get much more diplomatic than that, does it, Pete? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to stay sort of diplomatic. I, think. <laughs> um, I had been asked at one point if I could think of some replacements. And so I had it in the back of the mind, of my mind that that was a possibility. So interestingly enough, a couple of things about this. Was there ever a conversation about, we've seen this, where they just replaced the actor and Brenda is still there, but it's a, it's a totally different person? No. 
I, well, I'm trying to, I think that there was one time when I was approached and said, who would you, who would you bring in now? And I, off the top of my head, I was thinking, oh my God, who, who would it be? And there was a young actress and I don't remember her name. So I threw that name out, but she was really too young for it. So it would have to involve a search because that would be major. But I think that we were so established in who Brenda was that I don't know that that would have been possible for people to forget Shannon. Without a car accident. A car accident. Right. Switch face, right? <laughs> right. Answer your question, Pete. After, at near the end of season one, uh, it, the notion was entertained, the spelling offices about that. Could, could we just have another actress come in and be Brenda? It had only been one year. And it, yes, we were very much entrenched. But I think, you know, uh, certainly after Spring Dance, that was not a realistic uh, possibility anymore. For sure. I mean, Roseanne's show did this, right? They replaced the daughter. Will Smith's show did this. They replaced the mom. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that it, it, it could or could. I do think Brenda had already connected so deeply with that with that fan base that there would have been an outrage. So let's talk about trying to figure out who is going to be this new character. And um, where, when does this hit, this hits you, Diane, when? Early? I'm trying to remember. I, exactly when, I do not remember, but I- I would say I, May, I would say May of that May? year. Okay. That's kind of would be the end of it and get ready to shoot in July. So we probably would have like April and May been doing this maybe. And you guys established the Valerie Malone character. We Because we, we, we would have had to have sides for the character to read. So we had to write right. that character pretty early. I don't, I don't Fortunately, fortunately uh, in those years, Larry and I had developed <laughs> a pretty good muscle. We could write a script pretty quickly. So yeah. having sides for the actors is not going to be a problem. And it probably. never was. Probably just wrote the sides without the script. I don't so, think so, Larry. I think we yeah, probably we had the script. We probably were breaking this script down in February of season four. Could have, I mean, could have been. So could have been. far ahead. I mean, one of the things I've always said, and I know that Larry worked really hard to keep that up in season seven as well, uh, with the wisdom from my friends Josh Brand and John Falsey, who I worked with on uh, Saint Elsewhere and Northern Exposure, White Shadow, other other things, and. You know, it was like, it's so hard. Production is so hard. Don't make scripts your problem. Right. So just, I, we would, we were always ahead. I only right. one time, I love, what did I do? 143 hours time in season one. Did the director start prepping without a script? And it, it just wasn't a problem. Our priority was to get this, um, have the scripts ready and not be a problem. So uh, Larry, when, when he and I started working together in, in season four, I had no idea he was such an Iron Man, but he was, and I was at that point in time. So that just wasn't an issue, really. We, so whenever uh, we needed a backup, you know, you're you're all right though that that we weren't really clear uh, until the plot lines having to do with Tennessee Williams stuff in season four, because uh, that's when. Um, uh, pickups came out and Brenda wasn't picked out. And so now we got to start moving on and yeah. changing things up. So. 
Diane, I'm going to put you in the hot seat for one second and ask you a question. When yeah. you, about Shannon, when you would bring a guest star onto the series through the series run, did you ever have a guest star say something to you about Shannon afterwards? Someone that maybe you were connected with, like, this was very difficult, or maybe the opposite, maybe she was very lovely. No. No, nobody ever said anything. I don't know that they anybody, any guest actor would have wanted to rock the boat, boat in any way. Sure. Um, that's That's what I'm thinking now, because I really don't recall I, what I recall are stories that I heard about what happened on set. And I always kept them in the back of my mind. And sometimes I thought, really? And, but I never witnessed anything. What I witnessed was she would come into my office every so often and my assistant had had a baby and her baby came to the office. And she and Shannon came by and would hold him. And so that was what I saw. And it was very, very sweet of her. And so I saw that side. And then I would hear the other things. But I didn't know her personally. Mm -hmm. um, as a friend or things, just, you know, what I heard on set. And I really didn't witness that much, even though I was there, I kept, I had things to do. And I stayed off of the set for the most part, unless I had to go talk to someone. And I used to like going in the wardrobe to, to see what Molly had. <laughs> oh, sure, um, you knew you were interested in textiles. Nobody knew. But, yeah, exactly. And I was, oh, look at this. Oh, I just saw that in Vogue. This is great. Um, well, let me ask you this, though, from a casting perspective, this might affect you in a way. Was there ever a time when you were thinking about bringing an actor on to the show and were like, well, this might not be right for the environment for Shannon or for any of them? That is something that I always did think about, yes. Yes, absolutely. Can I say someone specifically off the top of my head? No, I can't. Mm -hmm. But that was always part of my thought press process as I've talked before about making things comfortable on the set for everyone. And I didn't want, I knew some things were going on in set and I didn't want to add to that. Mm -hmm. And there was only one time in thinking about the years recently, in fact, in the last week, where I thought, oh, I might have made um, a mistake. But it ultimately worked out because it, it, the, actor, the actors did just fine. Do you want to say who it was? No. <laughs> I tried, guys. Good try. <laughs> where, 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 in, where in the season verse is it? Is it earlier, later? Good try. <laughs> <laughs> that was sneaky. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, it was, you know, some, it, we've already talked about it a little bit. And then I went back and I was looking at, at my notes that I had made and certain things and it brought up a few memories and I thought, oh, okay. But ultimately it all worked out. Totally. And there wasn't any, 
thing really terrible that happened. It was just a thought that I had had. And you've, you've talked about making it easy on, wanted to work with people that were easy, but 90210, and we've talked to a lot of guest stars here on this podcast, and they all pretty much say the same thing, that the show could be very intimidating to walk into for 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 some of the more, even more established actors. Yes. Was that something that you thought about too? This actor can't be too intimidated by this set. I never thought about that because I thought that if it came up, what I like to do is when I, I found out that the act, I saw on the call sheet, the actor was going to be on set or if I heard they were in wardrobe or anything, I would go and I would say, hello, welcome. We're so glad you're here. That was something I did on 90210 and also previous shows I had worked on. I just thought that that was something nice. And on 90210, people liked seeing my face because I did hear that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for coming to say hello to me. And, you know, it's been said on this podcast multiple times that Luke or Jason or Brian would do that as well. Yes. But the female um dressing room maybe could be cold at times at times were, were you aware of that too yes yes they weren't always welcoming yes Listen, nobody lived in a vacuum you got you, you got you said, yeah you know it, it's a big uh, it's a big community everybody was aware that that there was the stuff would go on in the sets and that's why I wisely made Paul Wagner in charge of everything having to do with the set. And I stayed in the city and we really didn't have a permanent office in the Valley because all I could see was every day, I'm gonna just be you know, in the middle of stuff. And I rarely was on, on this. I don't even one would think that I would be, but only when I would be called down to Mr. Spelling's office, discuss whatever transgression he wanted to discuss that, that was pretty much it, uh, rel relative to casting, you know, Brenda's situation yeah. and stuff. So it just it, it just was there, Pete. It just was a, a fact of life while we were working. And now we're in season five, and it's a new person to cast. So we should. This is why I'm. This is five. this is why I'm bringing this up, though. So okay, so now you have this big role to fill. You have these big shoes to bring in. Who did you start talking to about Valerie? I'm, you know, I, I actually was looking for my notes on Valerie and I couldn't find them. And the only thing that I kept remembering was when I got the call from, I believe it was Harry Gold at the time, who was Tiffany's agent at the time, I believe, and said, well, what about Tiffany? And I was like, oh, okay. And I said, but isn't she? And he said, yes, I think she is about dating Brian, but you know, I assumed everybody knew that. And so it was a name that I brought up. And I also think that she never came in for any of us at all, that she went right to the network. I could be wrong on that, but that's my memory of it because I remember going to being at Fox and she was sitting in the hallway and I went over and introduced myself to her and said, thank you for coming. Hmm. Oh, I remember her. Larry, were you there? So. She came yeah. to Mr. Spelling's office. I was going to say, we were Mr. Spelling's office. That's where was I remember. Was it Mr. Spelling's office? We, she did go, okay. 
Right. And I, and I do want to say that too. And, and, and it's, um, Pete and I discussed this relative to the casting of Tiffany, that when it's certain this part particular and a little bit less so maybe with Jamie Walters, I'm interested to hear how, how involved Diane was on that. A lot. Now we're a hit television show. Right. Getting around it. So the people who want in and are, and are doing things, they're lobbying the company. They're yeah. lobbying Aaron and they're lobbying uh, Tony Shepard, his head of casting. And we, who are in the day-to-day -day operation of the show, would, would hear about that because it wasn't our search, it was the company's right. search. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone, uh, Drew Barrymore were names I kind of remember hearing. Lisa oh. Milano. I was going to say Alyssa Milano. Milano. Yeah. Those are three. It's all star power. Well, even though we just talked to what's her face, Larry, the other day, uh, Elisa Donovan, who said that she was up for Valerie as well, right? Yeah, I mean, the one I remember was, um, and maybe Diane remembers the gal's last name. I think it was like Heidi Bohe. She's actually Saban's stepdaughter. Uh, she was the other, when it came down to two people at the end at the network, those are the two people that came in. And maybe because Saban was in lobby, but I can't remember the girl's name. She had she had been in the series California Dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember Heidi Bohe. That's that's I think I think that's who it is. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, I also was going through my notes and I um, saw a call I made about Drew Barrymore. Uh, Tell me about Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Yes, and so I made a call to her agent and said, would she possibly be interested in coming on to the show, you know, maybe for a guest shot for anything. And the agent got back to me a few days later and said, thank you, but no, thank you. Or Drew Barrymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, what about Alyssa Milano? Do you remember her being in the mix as well? I do not. Okay. I do not. I had known her for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would have known her through the through the, the the universe, I guess, at that point, right? The growing pains and all that other stuff. Well, the the show that she was on, I'm sure. Who's the boss? That Tony Dan. Boss. Yeah. Into the flight. Yeah. Here's a here's a. Well, I'm not gonna. Not applicable. I have a great I have a great Alyssa Milano story, but not gonna tell it on this one. Yeah, I'm I okay. Crowd. Not gonna crowd Diane's. Uh, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we always love a good story. Um, so, but then Tiffany does get get it. I mean, I've asked this to you guys before. Was Tiffany always the choice? Were the other actresses kind of, do we all know it was going to be Tiffany? Do you think Mr. Spelling knew it was going to be Tiffany? I do. I, I think that she was always, once Melissa Milano was not going to be part of it, I think that Tiffany was the choice, and yeah. it was pretty clear. And I remember her audition fondly. Uh, do you, Larry? Yes, absolutely. You know, and she had come from Saved by the Bell. Like they were the minor leagues for us. They kind of came <laughs> up, and she was ready to come up. I mean, it was it, it seemed natural. And you know, the Brian boyfriend thing. You know, we kind of thought that was not a bad thing. You know, maybe it was good. Did you have to deal with that at all, Diane? And I've talked to Brian about it a bunch, and he's he thinks it's funny now, so it's not that's not hurtful to him. Well, at they all. would have got together anyway, probably because all <laughs> these attractive people all seem to cross pollinate. Did that come to your office at all? That Brian is upset that um, that Tiffany is going to be 
making out with all these other actors? <laughs> no, no, no. I would, when I would go over to Paul's office, which I did a lot every day, I would hear things. And then I would just kind of keep them under my belt and go, okay, well, what's going to be the ramifications of this? <laughs> you know, and sometimes there were and sometimes there weren't. And you have to think that it was a show with really attractive people and they're bound to get together. That's true. You know, at some point. And sure. if they did, that wasn't really my business until they made it my business. <laughs> and right. I tried to stay away from all of that. Just to be just to be neutral. And it would be occasionally I'd hear something and I'd be, oh, really? Okay, fine. <laughs> and then I'd walk away from it. All right. The other big part I think that we should start talking about is what Chuck just talked about is Jamie Walters coming on to 90210. Do you have any memories or thoughts or notes on on Jamie's process of getting on the show? I was looking for those and I do not. I do not. And I was trying to remember and I know this is not good for my memory, but <laughs> I, I, I think we had the actor before we had the part. Thank you. About, I, no. no, I'm thinking he had been on the right. he had been on the Heights or something. What was the show called? The Heights? That's it, Larry. That's exactly and it. It was just yeah. someone that Mr. Spelling really liked, and we heard the music and stuff, and then we just created the character around him as far well, as and more and, and also at the same time, I was what are we doing? Another 32 hours? Oh my God. What, how, what are we going to do? How, what do we, what do we need? What? We need score. We need stuff. Yeah. And so one of the things I thought we were very good at at 90210 and still do, uh, in, in retrospect, even though uh, certainly corporate raiders didn't think it that way, is that we were really good with our music. And so to have a music venue, to have acts come in and stuff like this, it, you know, the, the, and, and how do you talk? To an Angel by J.B. Walters in the band hey, from yeah. The Heights was was a fabulous song and a big hit. And and he came into the office and sat down. Uh, it was just a one-on-one, -on -one, just he and I. He could have stayed there 20, 25 minutes. He's Jamie Walters, for God's sakes. He's the yeah. easiest person to get along with. You just talk and talk and talk. So we were, we were yeah. very fine. It was one of those really great things that we could satisfy the need of the spelling company broadcast and the production and, you know and also for character wise we had a blue collar character you know gave us a chance another, another color you know which would obviously there'd be conflict and you know there was just story we were going to be able to mine from this because like i said chuck said we're doing 32 you know we have we we're manufacturing at that point that's an interesting point to make uh diane double ups double that up. must have increased your work just a lot right so what talk to me about what that did for you to double ups it it really did increase our work. I think that I, I said this before, but I, I think I was the only department that did not take on additional people. Well, and the writers too. Let me, you know. What? The writers didn't take on additional people either. But um, yes, yes, you certainly were. Because yes. she's right. There was there was there were double second ADs. There were double just everything. Double editors. You know, all the way around, around. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of work, but I talked to Kelly about it and she said, fine, well, you know, we'll just do it. Like we did everything before. And I said, it's going to be a lot of people coming in all day, every day. And it was, and I remember one day specifically, cause I had a list of people that I wanted to see, and this is going to sound crazy, 
but I had 90 people come in on a single day to read. And it was nuts, just nuts. So I had so many people in the outer office and I tried really hard just to give the attention that I normally did, but it was impossible time-wise. And we were working a lot of hours. We came in earlier, we started earlier and we ended later. Yeah. What always seems to happen with double ups in both seasons four and seasons five is that we would want to, we were, we were competitive. We wanted to put our best shows out in suites. Yes. And so, um, you know, we, we would have these episodes going on, these double ups going on during sweeps time. And so these were the bigger episodes, the fire episodes. You could have had 90 people just in that one episode, you could have had 90 people reading for, mm -hmm. uh, for that one. You know, it just, it just always seemed to turn out that way. Big yeah. episodes were in, where the double ups were. Yeah, we had to be incredibly organized. And because we would have a session with one director, and then I'd run back to the office, and the people had been set up for the second director for the coming episodes. And we would just go from one to the other, but it was, it was all about organization. Did you get to go to the Rolling Stones concert? That's just a Pete question. Me? Yeah, when they um, when you guys did. Actually, I kind of pushed my way into it. <laughs> 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 and um, and I did. I went to the Rose Bowl at oh. the very beginning of it. And I was like, oh, look at this. This is great. And then they were having a hard time. I think it was Ian who couldn't get into the Rose Bowl because of the traffic. And I said, okay, have him go in the back way. And nobody knew where the back, how to get into the Rose Bowl the back way. I was the only one. So I said, okay, have him do this. And I gave him directions and it, he got there. Chuck, about that, I don't know if we've ever asked you this. Was there ever talk about trying to get one of the stones to be in a scene or anything like that? Or was that off the limits and it was just going to be concert? Tried once. That that conversation yeah, was I mean, about about tried once. That took about fifteen seconds before they said no. Because yeah. <laughs> in the original draft, uh, which I, I wrote, uh, Mick, uh, Keith, Mick, Keith Richards Mick, comes to the uh, the peach, peach pit. pit. Right. That was not going to happen. <laughs> once they get one of them in the peach pit. That's all. How about that after the show? You know? Of course, that's the place that the stones would go after the gig. Is the peach pit right? <laughs> well, either that or the um, Chelsea drugstore to get their share their share of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. <laughs> All right, uh, Wings Hauser is uh, is somebody that we see oh, on that. <laughs> yes. Tell me about Wings Hauser and bringing him to nine hundred two one zero. Oh, he's an interesting guy. I had met him previously, and he, there is nobody like him, uh, ever. There she is, diplomatic Diane. <laughs> and he, sometimes I can be undiplomatic, but he's, Wings is, I find him so incredibly interesting and unusual, and... <laughs> That he does. He, I mean, the the thought of it, he makes me laugh. I'm and 
he just is who he is. And I respect that in a human being, you know, he's not trying to be somebody phony, you know, he's, he's, he's nuts and there he is, you know? And, and I believe, I believe, didn't we just say basically to Luke, Luke, you're going to have a detective character for two or three episodes. Who, who would, who, anyone you want to work with, we'll go after. Exactly and, right. Uh, that wasn't uh, right. Was that right, Larry? Is that I think right? so. And I think they had the same manager. I think maybe they had some other connection. Yeah, no, uh, Luke, had, Luke had a big hand in that. And once we heard Wing's name, it was like no one really else read for the part. We just gave it to Wing's. Yeah. We wanted him, you know, because he was going to add that authenticity to that plot line, which we knew was going to have an action element to it, a little bit of a, you know, independent feature, which he was so good at. Because I like to say that's the closest that 90210 ever came to being a camel show. <laughs> exactly <laughs> renegade yeah uh jeffrey king jeffrey king he played the friend of luke's charlie who he meets in rehab and they get involved in the uh he's a writer they get you know he takes us down through the end of uh season five you know hold on let me see if There's i can Oh, throw a picture up there. Right yeah, I will. I will. He was unlikely because we never usually cast that age group. He was like basically, you know, maybe 10 years older than our kids, supposedly, like in her 30s. First one was the one in rehab and, and they got in the fight during the Stones uh, yeah. episode, yeah. actually. That's when he was cast. And uh, well, he's terrific. He's been on the show and really a nice guy and really terrific for the part. Let's see here, Diane. Uh, this is... <laughs> This is him. This is Jeff. This is Jeffrey King. Okay, I remember his picture. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So no memories of Jeffrey King. Moving. Oh, and on. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, no, he uh, just. But you brought him in. We we read him, and uh, you know, he just seemed to have the right tone for this kind of thing. You know. Also in this season, M Milton Berle uh, shows up. Yes. And that that was brought to brought to me, and said he was going to do it. Was it Jessica and Steve? Yes. Yes. They they met him socially. They they were Jessica and Steve. Even after they split up, they they were very social, and they would go out and uh, go to kind of Hollywood events and things. And I think got friends with Milton Berle's daughter or or, or some relative. And then uh, and Ian had always wanted to write. Uh, an episode and he wanted to do one relative for a grandfather and Alzheimer's. I think he was experiencing that kind of wow. thing in his, maybe his own family. And um, uh, what I only, uh, we, it was the only uh, Emmy nomination we ever got for, uh, was for Emmy. Milton. And it was the only time Mr. Spelling ever told me that the moment the man walks on the set, you be on the set, don't leave to the moment that he leaves. Mm -hmm. I, I was there for every moment that he filmed, ah, just to make yeah. sure that uh, that we would stay on time, that Milton's needs would be serviced, and uh, and he was and he was actually kind of delightful. I I kind of remember, and he was very happy to be there, and he loved the part. Telling stories, yeah, it was it was good. Because, yeah, I remember there was one day they did, well, they did some set stuff. And they did one day at the, what's the uh, Archer School up on, on Sunset Boulevard. That's right. Before it was the school. And he also happened to be uh, friends uh, and acquaintances with my father-in-law, Karen's dad, who was an old uh, uh, comedy variety man. So they, you know, there was that. 
I do wish that Jess, you know, that Diane and Jessica would have had an opportunity to reconnect and talk, and 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 we 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 also talked to uh, the the janitor in season three, and he said that he used to go by Jess and Steve's house and cook up a, a goose or just whatever bird that they were thinking and, of for that. Set right. His name Jusette? Jeff yes, Jusette. Jusette. Jeff yes Jusette. I remember yeah. Jessica talking about that and saying that they were friends at yeah. the time, and it, it was great because it went. Well, talk about hmm? if you would, Diane, both the goose and this, but talk about Jessica's uh, in you know involvement with casting because it's 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 every year. It's what she loved more than anything. She certainly didn't love writing. She, she loved the casting. <laughs> She Jason Wells, yeah. She was terrific. She, you know, we talked about casting an awful lot. She, she would call me and we talk about different actors and I'd bring them in, you know, would you see this person? She, and she, her friends, um, oh gosh, one, what guy, I'm, I'm trying to Lou, remember. Lou. Lou, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his Imagio. wife. Yeah. Yes, Lou DiMaggio yeah. and his wife, and they were really great. And I met them through Jessica and Steve socially, and all of their friends from Saturday Night Live, all the comedians. And I went to their house for dinner and Steve and Jessica several times, and we just had a lot of things to talk about as far as actors were concerned. And there was one. There was one time that I'll, 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 I don't think I'll ever forget this, and I, but I can't remember the actress's name. And she came in and she had a white dress on and she was reading for the producers for you guys. And Jessica and I were in the room. I don't remember the episode. And when she left, one, one of you said, turned and said, how was the reading? And she was so beautiful and looked so great in this white dress. Jessica and I just turned and looked at each other. And because you were all looking at her, <laughs> she was leaving. Name, and her, name, Jessica, her name is Paula Trippi. Yes. <laughs> her name, yes. <laughs> Jessica said, she turned to me and she said, Diane, you and I are going, not going to walk out of this room for the rest of this session with our backs to this room. <laughs> so we backed out of the room for the rest of the casting session. And we were just, we were laughing. It was just funny. You know, neither one of us were insulted or anything. It was just a funny, funny moment. And that crosses my mind every so often. Paula Tricky today. I, I, I call. I called Karen on Paul's phone and said, "Honey, I'm going to start dating an actress now. I'm sorry." <laughs> I'm sure that was a lovely conversation. Paula Tricky <laughs> today is a is a Trump supporter, so that's that's what she's oh. focused on these days. Yeah, just a side note, okay. Chuck. <laughs> yeah, for your amusement. Uh, Car <laughs> Carolyn Langerfield comes in. Langerfeld. Langerfeld. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. yes. She was, um, I actually was, this morning what I did was I went through all the episodes of the fifth season. Nice, okay. And um, tried to remember everybody. And 
in uh, when I saw her name, she's somebody I had known for a long time and had hired, and other casting people I had worked with had hired her before. And, she, you know, she worked an awful lot. Nice lady. I mean, we've had her on the podcast a couple of times and she's really, she was really wonderful. I mean, she's so, she's still working. She's, she's great in this role. So great casting. Um, And she stays on. Which role are we talking about? David's mother, you know, in the, uh, you know, Portland, the, uh, you know. Oh, oh yes. Oh yes. Um, And then we had a whole, you know, mental illness uh, subplot with her. Yeah. She was good in that. I like that. Gee, Larry, I, it's funny to think about that now that there we were, mental illness and homelessness uh, in uh, season five. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Ahead of our not, time. Nothing's uh, changed other than it just multiplied, you know. I have a note here, uh, Blockbuster's wife. Oh, <laughs> this is Larry? the episode Sweating It Out. Blockbuster had bought the spelling company and we got the 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 thing down that they wanted us to write a part in for the head of blockbuster's wife uh who then you know i think chip wrote the episode but it was a part about uh of a waitress at a diner serving pie (laughs) diane probably had no part in this it was probably a a spelling casting person you know made the moves on it which that that could have been uh uh, pam shea at that point yeah yes probably yes no, Tony was still there. Tony was still there. Still there through the fifth. Yeah, it was a fifth season thing. Yeah, I remember. I remember it well. You know, blockbuster. Uh, uh, you know, they 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 would swoop down every once in a while and you know be in the office, shake their hands. You know, and... they they you know they had the right idea. You know, make content and stuff, but they just that didn't follow through. It was really early on, pre Netflix. What was the name? Do you remember? <sighs> I'd have to look it up in the credits there. If you can pull it out quick, Pete. I'm sweating it uh, out. Let's see. Sweating it out would be the waitress. I'll, I'll, I'll dig this up real quick. I think his oh, name yeah. his name was what? Pamela Berard? Yes. Or Cynthia Lynch? Pamela Berard. Yeah, Because okay. I have waitress next to her name. Yeah, that's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's pretty fascinating. Because I right. thought at the time when I wrote her name this morning, I thought yeah. I don't know her. <laughs> we should try to we should try to get her to come on and talk about how she got the role. <laughs> uh, what about Sarah Melson? Do you remember Sarah Melson? Who's a very lovely actress. She's in the fire with Kelly. Yes, I remembered Sarah. And when I saw her name, and then when I looked at her picture this morning, I thought, oh yeah, I do remember her. Yeah, you know. Again, you would have probably had to tell that she was going to be playing a lesbian character. You know, this is in 1995 or 94. So you probably would have had to clear that with her since we had the problem with the three, uh, the three yes. keg heads. Oh, yeah, that, that I about, remember. Did we that talk about that? Something. I don't think we did. That would have been no, season I four, we, I guess. Yeah, we did season four. We didn't talk about that. Yes, we did. Well, yes, we did. It we did. came across very briefly. Um, I remember somebody said that number the second president of the uh, fraternity didn't want to be portray a gay gay character, and that was in fact the case. That's right. Yeah. Is that something that you had to deal with? Um, not really. I heard about it, and I think I heard about it from Paul Wagner, and I I thought okay. And I didn't really understand it, but it was a choice that he made. I didn't agree with it, but he's an actor. 
but you know, what do you so think? We didn't have him, and we did not have him under contract. No, we did not have. He was a single episode, I think, or he right. was as available as needed, as, as, as available, as yeah. needed. Yes. Exactly. And so then, but you would go to work to find the replacement for that character. Yes. Is it the same name? Is that something where we did this, the same name, or is he? A... I don't think so. I don't know. I and I think we hired Sean O'Brien for the third. I can't I think remember. The, right. the first one was Patrick Fabian. Second right. one was Brandon Douglas. Yes, and then uh, I think it was Sean O'Brien. Yeah. And maybe the Brandon Douglas, because I think if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he a, a, in the Brady Bunch? Wasn't he one of the Brady Bunch family? I think no, Douglas, no, no, definitely okay. not. Well, no, he was too young for that. Um, <laughs> But you're thinking that maybe he had a clean, wholesome role somewhere in his career. Yeah, I think he... so. I thought so. Because my oh, friend okay. Karen Richmond, who was a part of the Brady thing, uh, she told me he was part of something she was in. Hmm. Uh, maybe he was in the Brady revival that they were Yeah, doing. maybe the Brady revival. It's possible. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. So. yeah. Uh, Casper Van Dien. Van Dien. Van Dien, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. Um, he was always around, and I brought him in for several roles, and this is one that stuck that he got. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious. I've heard uh, you know Tori speak about on her podcast, or I don't know how I've heard this, but she's said that you know if she thought that there was an actor that she thought was cute, <laughs> the actor would get an audition. Perhaps maybe he would get the role. Do you do you have that recollection, Diane? Perhaps, yes. <laughs> there was no Tinder then. She, you know, what else could she do? Um, <laughs> it's um. I would always hinge. sometimes it would come through Tony. You know, could you see this person, Tori? I'd like this person to come in and read. Okay, that's fine. You know, I have no problem with that. There was a time early on in the show when I would be in my office and then the guys would come in and sit and go through my pictures. They would see this box of the eight by tens <laughs> and they'd, they'd sit there and they'd look through <laughs> the female oh, that's great. And you. you know, it was, and it was just so funny to see the leads in this big, huge show sitting and looking for girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> You could do that back or, then. or in their case, it was more girlfriends. Yeah. <laughs> they had girlfriends, those guys. It, it was just, um, it, it was interesting. And one of the, the yet another thing that I, I won't ever forget, because I love, you know, coming into my office, my the door had been open and I'm like going, oh, okay, this is funny. <laughs> if I could take a picture of this, but I won't. It'll just be, it's a picture from my memory. You yeah, know, that's amazing. That Until now. <laughs> right. uh, what about John Grease? Oh, Jonathan Grise. Grise, yeah. I mean, and he's so great. I mean, did you guys see him in the um, that store that show where on Hulu? I think it is where they're all in the resort, White Lotus, maybe. Yeah. Yes, he was absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, Jonathan. Uh, his, his brother Steve, Jonathan's brother Steve, was in my high school, and his father Tom Grise. Oh was just one of these men who just passed away much too early. He was so available to us, my friend Steve Safin and myself and others, just in, in starting out in career, just to read scripts or talk about the industry and different things. And so 
um, this happened. His, you know, a great actor comes in and, oh, that's your family. Okay. But boy, I always get real pleasure um, when I saw him and other things, particularly get shorty. And, uh, you know, nobody, I think, he was the perfect drug dealer for what a 90210 drug dealer could oh, not have been better. Absolutely. He, he should be remembered for Napoleon Dynamite also. Yes, I mean, I, I think so. Uh, but do you remember him, Diane, and him, him coming in? and? Oh, absolutely. I loved him. I, and I was a big fan of his previously as well. And I had met him on something that I was working on and just thought, look at you and look what you can do. And I always remembered him. And when they brought his name up for his agent brought his name up for this, I was like, oh, yeah, mm. bring him on. Yeah. Bring him in. He's great. Um, let's see. James C. Victor will come on and play Peter, who is uh, Andrea's. Um, she has an affair with him. Affair with doctor. Young, young doctor, fresh faced mm -hmm. doctor, red haired guy. I don't have a lot of memory about him. I saw the name. It's this okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm very good. sorry. Um, two that become important on the college campuses Alex Diaz and Janice uh fj rio and natalie belkin yes fj rio was came into my office and pre-read for me and he was just gosh i don't the first word that comes to my mind is delight because he was just there he was in the room he was terrific i liked him an awful lot and he just he was different and he, he just wanted to do it. And I just, I loved him. And he would come in and visit whenever he was on the set or was by, or even, even after it all ended, um, his role was over, he would come by and say hello. And the, one of the things I remember about him, he wrote me the most wonderful thank you note, I think, next to someone else that I had ever received as a casting director. And it was just, he was so gracious, very, very gracious and, and really good. I just, yeah, you know, I'm a big, huge fan. Yeah, you know, so I, I was thinking, we, the keep one, trying I, I to, we keep trying to get him on yeah. the podcast. I've talked to him. He's going to come on at some point. He's, he's oh. lovely. He's lovely. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was thinking about one thing. I'm not sure if you remember, but, Monica Schneer, we had a part yes. of a transgender character yes. that Paul, you know, Paul, we all believe that real, we, you know, we wanted to protect the Steve Sanders character and the Ian's character, that he wouldn't just fall for something so obvious. And so we, we cast a woman playing a man in the character. And, and you must have had to do a sale job to Monica on that. Or... <laughs> Not really. She was pretty up for it. You know, it was like it's, she seemed to be at the time. I don't remember any difficulties with it at all. Well, we'd, we'd be run out of town now for it, obviously. Um, yes. you know, for you know, to find most actors, Diana, if you give them like this is the thing, they just they want to work, they're just like, I don't care what you, <laughs> yes, I'm in, throw, throw it at me, I'm doing it pretty much, yes. <laughs> you know, oh, look, it, you know, it, it, it's for the adventure of it, okay, get you know, just give it to me, but she. She was a model like this. Yes, exactly. Yes. And she was pretty, she didn't have a lot of experience, but she she was game for it. 
Yeah, she had good presence. Uh, yeah, she yeah, did. I remember Absolutely. me. We, yeah, we felt pretty pretty good about that. You know, we we protect the character. Yes. Uh, F.J. Rio, the, the, the actress, the other, um, that played Janice has been on our show. She's very sweet. I love talking to her. Natalie Belcon. I think she came from Broadway and maybe did. I'm trying to remember. I saw her name this morning and I just. It's okay. It's fine. Um, let's see. Uh, Caroline McWilliams. Oh, Caroline, Caroline McWilliams. She was, she played Jamie's mother. That's right. Um, yeah. She was a working actress and she was just, I thought she was, she was terrific. She was really good for the role. And when she was submitted, it was like, yes, okay, get her in. And I'm glad everybody liked her. Yeah, I mean, she really was a good man because she was not a, a, a rednecky kind of character herself in real life. No. I mean, she obviously was a, had been the wife of Michael Keaton. Yes. Um, Pacific Palisades kind of housewife actress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she was wonderful. She just brought the, you know, what was her name? Luann Pruitt. Luann. That's right. Luann? Yes. Yeah. One T. Uh, Joey Slotnick. Joey Slotnick. I remember the name. <laughs> he face. played Puck in the, the in, in Unreal World. Unreal yeah. World. Kind of blondish. He, 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 had a nice, he has a nice career. He was in uh, in, in ensembles and things like that. Did he come on the show, Pete? Yes. Yes, yes he was on. He was lovely episode. on the show. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. sister was a huge fan of this, the you know, 90210, and I think they watched the podcast. I yeah. Oh. He, was, he was terrific. Uh, Vice, Viceless Shannon. Vicelius. 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 Oh, yes. Vicelius Shannon. Yes. Nice. He was a nice kid. I liked him an awful lot and just eager. Yeah. Eager and I, I liked his face a lot. Just liked him. You know? Good friend of the show as well. And, and a fine actor, uh, as yes. evident in the fact that he got cast to play uh, Denzel's uh, son in Hurricane, the movie. Yeah. Probably his biggest, uh, one of his most, most premier uh, parts. So he's still great. working. Mm -hmm. And still working. Yeah. Right. Uh, James Handy. Love James Handy. He was a friend of a friend of mine, um, an actor friend named Dan Loria, who was the father on the sure. Wonder Years. Yes, and I love him. Handy. I knew Dan really Wonder well. Years, Wonder Years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wonder Years, yes. And um, Jim was a friend of his. Dan knew so many wonderful theater people that over the years I would meet all of his friends. <laughs> Mm. And Jim Handy was one of them. And he, I think he's a wonderful actor. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we heard about him because I knew him from The Verdict. He's oh, in, you did? You know, okay. Yeah, and I went, oh my God, look at James Hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought he was going to be great. And yeah, I remember when you brought his name up and I don't think he came in to read even. I, I th I, I'm not sure he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yes, he did. I guess he I did. think he did. I yes. think he did. I think he did. Yeah. But, you know, once we saw him, we went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, because I wouldn't I wouldn't know the difference. And and Paul, he wanted everybody to come in and read. Yeah. He didn't, yeah. He didn't yeah. want anybody to rest on Yeah, him. no, he definitely did read now. I'm thinking about it. Yeah, now. he did. But, but, you know, but I, we, I, we knew him and it wasn't even close. We all were very yeah. excited to be able to get him. We knew he was a great actor. Yes. I think this is all of season five. I guess what I would ask you, Diana, is there's a, a there's a change coming in the air at this point. Chuck's going to leave the series. Um, the, I think the parents are going to leave the series. Andrea's going to leave the series. So there's a lot of change happening. 
um, in season five towards the end of it. Are you aware of that change and and how were you feeling about the, the change that was to come? I had heard about the changes and I, I just, I didn't know what was going to happen. And sometimes the effect with people leaving can affect the casting person. And I didn't know if that was going to be, you know, affect me. And I, you know, these, these were people I liked and worked with and thought, okay, that's going to be sad, you know, but I don't, I don't know. I just kind of waited to see what would happen. And it, it did change coming on to back on to season six. It was, it was great having, you know, Larry there and, um, you know, we miss Chuck's presence most definitely. And, but it, it was different. And then even in season seven, it was a, a lot of new, more corporate people were coming in. And that made a big difference. Because spelling, it, was, spelling was owned by Viacom at this point. Yes. I think so, yeah, I think so. On more level of yeah, I mean, you know, season six, Jessica really jumped in at certainly the beginning yes. of the season and, and, you know, was really, you know, would have been your, your main voice uh, talking to you about, because that was, you know, we talked, we went through that already. But, but yes. yeah, I mean, but, you know, season five uh, was, uh, was a great year. We, uh, it was, it was, was really, it was a, yeah, it was a good year. It was our, yeah. and it'll always be uh, a pride for me is that it was our, what we left with our best ratings which really didn't have very much to do with the show, although it did, I guess, to some extent. Well, it builds up it equity. Also, but it was also because this is when Fox really became a network and had just bought yeah. the NFL and yeah. stole it from CBS. And and, that, and a lot of things changed because of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got more stations, basically, when you think about yeah. it now. And better, know, their, their coverage, better, better stations, because they had football. I mean... Yeah. Just like Amazon Prime has it, you know, tonight, and the more people just drives it. It's right. Well, I looked at um, what I did on my summer vacation and Howie Long. I was going to ask uh, you about that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. was what? listed. And I thought, oh, okay. And I thought to myself, that must have been the Fox football. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. the football player, exactly. Yes. And the other special guest that you probably didn't have much to do with, but it was, was Alex Trebek, you know, coming into yes. the... The Jeopardy. The Jeopardy episode, right? Correct. Yes. I just was like, oh, great. Alex Trebek. Oh, Jeopardy. This is great. <laughs> and I had worked on the uh, the MGM lot where that was for a year at on a show. Larry, don't you love that uh, Diane just referred to that as the MGM lot? I love it because I had not, my, my, my first, my first deal. Yes. My first deal was, was at MGM when I did Chips. I, oh. I had an overall deal there. Yeah, we had Kathy Henderson was the casting for. Jeff. Yeah, I remember her. And my, I just realized my my dear mentor uh, died last year, Cy Shermack, who you know he was executive oh. producer. He I was a, he was a giant name. of the industry. You know, he only did like three shows: Ironside, The Virginian, and Night Stalker, and then Chips. Yeah, he was he was great. Taught taught me a lot. Wow, wow. I think this is great. Um, and. I don't think we have any more questions about uh, season five. I think we've kind of good, you know, good stuff. So Great thank you so much, Diane. Yeah, good seeing you again. We will have you do some more next week too. Okay, great. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Good seeing you. Bye-bye. Nice right. to see you. Thank you so bye -bye, much. Bye guys. Bye.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 